Good morning and welcome once again to InFocus. I'm John Sims and joining us again this morning, the Chief Development Officer for the Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County, Deanna, no relation, Sims. We do this little joke every year, so let's get it out of the way pretty quickly. Um, welcome again, Deanna. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much, John. I always enjoy getting to be here with you and appreciate you helping us shine a little light on the work that we do. Okay. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com com slash in focus and focus is uploaded to our website by the day after the show airs deanna many times you or your executive director terry smith or different people from the children's advocacy center have visited with us uh over the years and it's always great to have you back and you have some especially exciting news to share this go around so let's get started with uh, the basics them uh maybe a little bit of history the mission vision and purpose of the children's advocacy center Sure, I'd love to talk about that. Our mission is really to protect and restore the lives of abused children, and we do that through team investigations, healing services, community outreach, and strategic partnerships. Um, we are the really the center that provides help to children who have experienced either severe physical abuse, sexual abuse, or have been witness to a violent crime um, in our community. All right. And let's go ahead and just start off. Um, team investigations, healing services, community outreach, and strategic partnerships. I guess those are the four main prongs of what you actually do and how you do it on a day-in, day-out basis. That's right. Our team investigations involve forensic interviews. We have what's called a multidisciplinary team that has a group of partners in our community that focus on the needs of a child who has been abused. And that includes law enforcement, a medical team, child protective services, and then, of course, the staff that um, serve within our center. Um, forensic interviews involve um, when a child has been referred to us because there's been an outcry of abuse, either by that child or by someone who suspects abuse, we're able, rather than that child having to go through the trauma of multiple interviews at lots of different locations they are able to come to one child-friendly environment and be interviewed by a specially trained forensic interviewer one time and that person asks questions and gives them an opportunity to tell their story that story is recorded and in an adjoining observation room, law enforcement and child protective services are viewing and listening to that interview. And as soon as the interview is over, they're able to take that recording and then move forward with the investigation of the perpetrator to that of that child and also to make sure the family's uh, got a safe environment for that child and this speaks very loudly and clearly to how the whole science of advocating for children uh, who have been abused has evolved over the years i remember i was uh, actually working probably for another radio station at that time maybe this one i don't remember it's been a long time mid 90s late 90s started out because people were aware of the need for this and it really it began under the auspices of the east texas crisis center a few years later became an independent nonprofit, and it's just grown and prospered and gotten fortunately a lot more attention in the last 20 or 25 years that's right it really has you know generations ago even if a child uh, felt safe enough to make an outcry 
um, they went from place to place to place to tell their story. And it just was not helpful to the investigation, but it certainly wasn't helpful to the child. And now we're all focused on what is best for the child. We also are not working as organizations in silos. We're working together in a cooperative way. And that's what that strategic partnerships means, Mm -hmm. because we are helping each other uh, move forward in completing that child's case and helping that child get hope and healing and uh, the help they need. Okay, we're getting into why this is important and how the community initially became aware of the need for this service back in the 1990s. But uh, along those lines, some very other important information we'll get into right now. Little known facts about child sexual abuse. And if you just kind of want to run down that laundry list for us. Sure. Um, I, I, I think that a, a lot of times we don't really realize how prevalent this is. But statistics tell us that one in 10 children will actually be sexually abused abused before their 18th birthday Uh, and 90 percent of those children actually know their abuser we talk and teach a lot about stranger danger but that only applies to about 10 percent of the children who are being abused most people are abused by a trusted adult in their life Um, and then only around 10 percent of new arrests for sex crimes against children involved individuals with prior sex offense records so Uh when we work on doing background checks on people who are going to work with children many times they don't have a record um 60 percent of child sexual abuse victims never tell anyone Mm -hmm. and one of the great things about the children's advocacy center growing by leaps and bounds in the last 20 years is that we now see the growth meaning that children are now telling Mm -hmm. and that we are able to actually reach those children and help them okay and uh, i think we may have mentioned this a moment ago if we did it got by me and that's my fault but 90 percent of children who are victims of sexual abuse know their abuser and that's also very important okay uh, deanna sims from the children's advocacy center of smith county our guest this morning on in focus i'm john sims and we move into a little bit more of a nuts and bolts on your in-house services you alluded to forensic interviews a minute ago and painted a pretty clear uh, thumbnail picture of that but let's get into that a little bit more deeply tell us how that actually works and about some of the success you've had with it Yes. um, When children come to our center, they come by referral, and we have um, a a person who is charged with scheduling those interviews. Um, We have seen a tremendous growth based on a number of factors, but um, one of those being the intervention services we're doing in the community, which I can speak about in a minute. Mm -hmm. But we have gone from 873 children Um, coming to our center for forensic interviews in 2021 which was a record-setting year to 1116 children coming in 2021 so we had 873 in 2020 1116 in 2021 and we are on track to exceed that number in 2022 it's pretty amazing it is and uh it's kind of a double-edged sword i guess i mean just the fact that this is going on is the negative part but the fact that people are reporting it following up and uh seeing that the perpetrators are brought to justice is the good side that's exactly right we provide a variety of centers of of, of, um, 
resources in our center for children while they are there as well. Forensic interviews are really the first step for them, but we also provide uh, assault exams and follow-up exams for children. Those medical exams are um, very important because they not only provide potential evidence that can help in the case, but even when they don't, every child um, has an opportunity to get um, a thorough medical exam and to be able to have their questions answered. Many children are very fearful about um, what the result of this assault might mean for them um, and their health and their bodies. They have a lot of questions. Their innocence, of course, has been shattered and they don't know what that means. And so uh, we are so thankful to have a wonderful nurse and nurse practitioner on staff full time with us that really help those children um, in their healing and encouraging and comfort and just giving them what they need to be able to um, have those questions answered. And uh, one of the things you were telling me before we went to air is that uh, because of COVID, strangely enough, you're now doing those emergency exams on site, increasing the amount of work that you're actually able to do in-house. Instead of the kids having to go to the hospital, they couldn't go to the hospital because of COVID. And so you work with the hospitals. Now those exams are done on site. So uh, every now and then we hear about something positive that's come out of COVID. And I think that's worth <laughs> mentioning under that rubric. That's exactly right. It's mu- it's a much more child-friendly environment. We're not tying up our emergency rooms, but we're also allowing that child to be in w- the same safe place that they've been for their other resources. Uh, I want to get some contact information out now. And you are currently at 2210 Frankston Highway. You aren't, you aren't going to be there too much longer. By the way, that's right across from the Walmart neighborhood market, which is uh, across the street from the Tyler ISD offices, in case you're trying to place it mentally. That's where you're located. And uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 8 to 5. Tuesday through Thursday, 8 to 7. Those are your hours. And... Um, if you suspect abuse and reporting is so important, I want to go ahead and give that number out right now. The number is 1-800-252-5400. I do not know that I made a note of your actual phone number in case anybody wants to give you a call directly at the Children's Advocacy Center. What is that now? Our uh, direct number is 903-533-1880. The Child Abuse Hotline is definitely the place to call when there has been abuse. But if you have some questions, you're welcome to call our office and we're happy to have staff members um, kind of talk you through or point you to the resources need, needed to make a report of abuse. And online, I guess the website would be cacsmithcounty.org. Did I get yes, that yes, and we've recently redesigned our website, and hopefully it's a, a, a cleaner, smoother way for you to get information. And so we'd love for you to um, poke around there. We've got lots of videos that tell a lot of uh, uh, stories of what we do and the importance of the work. Um it also provides a lot of ways for you to find uh, ways to help, to donate, to serve, to um, be a part of events, lots of ways that you can get involved with us. Deanne is absolutely right, I know, because I checked it out myself and lots of information on there. Deanna Sims with the Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Okay, we've been through the forensic interviews, the medical exams. Let's talk about family advocacy. And there are several services under that um, umbrella that you offer that are also very important to your operation. Yes, our family advocates are our caseworkers, and each of them are assigned to families uh, specifically. And that is the family's liaison during the process of this child going through not only interviews, but 
medical exams and therapy and all the healing that's needed to help that child. Um, those caseworkers or family advocates uh, provide assessments to the protective caregiver when they come to have a forensic interview for the child. And um, they learn a little bit more about that family situation. Many times a perpetrator may be the breadwinner of the home. And in that case, many times the the family's dynamic has been upended and they are needing financial help. They may need um, transportation help. They may need daycare help. They may need uh, car seats, diapers, cleaning supplies. Um, many times a child may be moving to grandparents' house. Uh, so we have, we have a lot of ways that we can step in and provide other community resources that we can refer them to or have resources there that, that we can provide ourselves. And so those are there um, to, to, for them to access. Mm-hmm. You have something called the Rainbow Room, which is a key component of what you do and for some people that's actually the best known aspect or or component of of your operations so let's talk about how the rainbow room works and then you have a rainbow room wish list got to get the word out about that too that's right so when a child is in crisis like this or even uh, child protective services accesses this when we they when a child is removed from their home we have all kinds of diapers car seats cleaning supplies um, uh, school supplies, all different kinds of things that are um, available as emergency resources for children. And those are um, listed on a Rainbow Room wish list on our website. So if you're wanting an easy way to be able to help us, you can actually order um, products that are sent directly to our office. And those donations come in very handy um, for the families who need them. Uh, blankets and bears. Now, these are the little cuddly toys that are given to the kids after their forensic interview. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes. So after a forensic interview, you can imagine that it's uh, a pretty uh, difficult thing for the child to tell the scariest thing that's ever happened to them for the first time. And so coming out of that interview, we provide a, 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 some items of comfort. We have a big closet that is filled with blankets and bears that people have donated. Um, All different kinds of stuffed animals, but mainly bears. And then also blankets that have been made as quilts. We have crocheted blankets. We have uh, the little tie knot blankets. Those are pretty popular because they're so Mm -hmm. soft. Um, And also purchase blankets that people have donated. Uh, We have churches and organizations and groups and uh, birthday parties that will donate bears instead of birthday presents and all kinds of things and those are are used you can imagine if we give every child a blanket and a bear um, and we had 1116 children come through last year that those come through our closet pretty quickly so that's always a need um, is for us to have donated blankets and bears so that's another way that people can can help i actually fostered some kids years ago for about six months sort of friends of a family and uh, we had them in our home, and they had come through the CAC and got a blanket and bear. Those kids are now in their 20s and still have their blanket. Wow. So there's an association of comfort and good that comes from being able to finally be able to be in a safe place where they're heard and believed and are able to start the path to moving forward. And so those blankets and bears are pretty important, John.
You bet. Deanna Sims with the Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims, currently located at 2210 Frankston Highway, getting ready to move up the road, we hope, in a few more months. We'll talk about that pretty soon as well. Um, number is 903-533-1880 and the child abuse hotline. That's the one you call if you want to report suspected abuse, 1-800-252-5400. Moving on to yet another important aspect of what you do, trauma-focused therapy. This is just really key to helping these kids move on from the trauma they've experienced in their lives. That's right. So all of our children who are our clients have an opportunity, um, if needed, and most do need it, to be a part of what's called trauma-focused therapy. And that specific uh, modality of therapy that our, our, um, our therapy team are trained in is a way for children to learn a little bit about how this experience that happened to them was not their fault, and how they can move through it in a healthy way, uh, learning how to deal with triggers, learning how to focus differently, learning how to uh, calm themselves. Um, and this is such an important aspect because without those experiences of healing that a child is able to access, they then are dealing with trauma their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no outlet for it that is healthy other than something that allows them to work through it in this way. Um, Many um, things that happen as a result of unresolved um, trauma have to do with depression, self-medication, drug abuse, uh, um, suicide um, ideation, um, people who are wanting to be aggressive themselves and become abusers, people who perhaps uh, draw unhealthy relationships into their lives. So we want to try to bring children to a place where their childhood can be restored. All right. Uh, Education and intervention services outside the Children's Advocacy Center. The bulk of your services, of course, are offered in-house, but a lot of what happens off campus, if you will, is also very important and even critical to what you do. And you tell us this is probably the main reason for your growth. You have it under two um, in two categories, I should say, community education and trauma-informed schools. Tell us how those work and how they work to build awareness and involvement in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, our community education program has been going on since 2015. And for those who've had children in elementary and uh, middle schools in the public school system in Smith County are probably very aware of the Play It Safe program. Um, we have age-appropriate curriculum that is taught by childhood educators and we go into the schools and meet with classrooms and provide age-appropriate curriculum about personal safety so we teach about uh, this is not a sex education class by any means but it teaches children um, how to um, address what could be possibly happening to them so if we we teach about uh, no one having permission to see 
touch or take a picture of any area of your body that's covered by a swimsuit. For many children, this um, has this is new news to them. They may uh, not know that this is not normal parent behavior or family behavior for it, for abuse to be happening. We teach about physical abuse. We teach about good touches, bad touches, and confusing touches, and um, or safe touches, unsafe touches, and confusing touches. I should say mm-hmm. with unsafe touches being physical abuse and confusing touches being sexual abuse and um, for many children they have been told not to tell they've been threatened within an inch of their life to not tell what's happened to them and this allows them to understand that they if they have a secret that they've been told not to tell that's harmful to them or others they have to tell they need to tell someone and so many times they will tell a teacher or a counselor or a nurse or even sometimes in the presentation while it's being given they will disclose that they have been abused Um, so these give us an opportunity to deal with abuse that may have happened we're also trying to prevent abuse um, help children know uh, the right they have to their own body's safety and help them understand what is appropriate behavior and as far as trauma-informed schools 550 teachers in 10 schools are trained school uh, two school districts in your service area are tis or trauma-informed schools certified so let's talk a little bit about that and how it's really helped you do your job even better yes this has taken off first in white house and then in bullard and now we're in 10 different schools but uh, Bullard and White House now are fully uh, uh, trauma-informed, certified, um, trauma-informed school certified. What this means is we are going into the schools and teaching educators, meaning our administrators, our uh, our faculty, our counselors, all of our all of our staff in our schools about how they can be sensitive to children experiencing trauma. So like we talked about, 60% of the children who have been abused have not told anyone. Mm -hmm. So one of the unhealthy ways that trauma can come out in a child's life is noticed in behavior in the classroom. So we may notice that a child is, is sullen and quiet, They may be angry and prone to want to fight. They may be uh, running down the hallway. They may be um, over in a corner cowering. Maybe something has triggered them from something they've seen. So what we're trying to explain is a way to not only notice, but ask instead of thinking, what is wrong with this child? For the teacher to ask themselves, what could have happened to this child? All right. Very good. We even had, if I can quickly tell a story, there was a a Bullard um, administrator who said that he um, was meeting with a child on a discipline issue. The child had been fighting. And he um, called him into his office and he said, before I had gone through the trauma-informed certification, I would have just immediately been meeting out the Uh, discipline and said you know what do we need to do to correct this behavior but he said i stopped and i listened and i asked the question was there something that happened in your life that has caused you to behave in this way Uh and the young man began to tell him about abuse that had been happening in his home okay and so it it just was a light bulb moment for him because he realized how many children perhaps are just waiting for someone to ask. 
Okay. Thank you for telling that story. That puts it in a much clearer light, Deanna. Deanna Sims, Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County, our guest this morning on The Focus. I'm John Sims. Exciting times on the way. You won't be on Frankston Highway much longer. Nothing wrong with it, but you've outgrown it, and you're moving. I think we may have talked about this last year when you were here, but you're getting closer. You're moving into the old TCA Cable Suddenlink building on the southeast loop right about the uh, right around the corner where the east southeast loop joins the south southeast loop if that's helpful tell us about that how it's going to help you and everybody who's linked to your services in any way and how far along you are with it well it's this is a great great uh, moment for us uh, because we've experienced so much growth in serving children our staff have increased and we are pretty much shoehorned into that building right now john we have a, a little over eight thousand square feet and we've had to add a temporary annex next to our building and we have um, 31 staff and six law enforcement and child protective services staff members that are housed in our facility and we are out of space many times four people uh, sharing an office at a time um, this new building is thirty-nine thousand square feet five stories high and will provide a wonderful child-friendly environment that not only gives our staff room but our children's services can multiply so instead of one forensic interview room we'll have four mm. instead of six therapy rooms we'll have nine therapy offices as uh. well as a director's office a therapy library a music art and play therapy rooms we will have uh, multiple waiting rooms so when children come into our lobby if they're there for a forensic interview or for a medical exam or for a um, therapy appointment they're all there together Mm -hmm. And they're all at different stages of healing, which makes it a little bit awkward. Right. And, uh, John, even if you were to come to my office to see me, um, I would have to bring you through that same lobby where those children are. Ah. Well, now we're going to have separate waiting floors and spaces for those children to receive their services. We're going to have great public spaces and great confidential secure spaces for our children. Very good. Deanna Sims, Children's Advocacy Center of Tyler, our guest on In Focus this morning. I'm John Sims and getting down close to the end of the show, there are going to be some things I wish we could hit a little bit harder this morning and maybe we can at least work them in as we get towards the end of the program, but we don't want to go away without talking about Blingo. September 7th and 8th, cash Cascades, that's your big fundraiser. That is. That's a that's a great fun event. We have uh until somebody tells us different, we're claiming that it's the largest um women's night out event in East Texas, benefiting a nonprofit. We will have between eight hundred to a thousand women coming divided over two nights, September seventh and eighth, to the Cascades Indoor Tennis Center. And uh it is a lot of fun. Those of you who have come to Blingo know this. We play bingo for designer purses. We have a huge silent auction. We have a dinner. And um, people have called it uh, the price is right on steroids. Oh, boy. <laughs> it is, it is, there is so much enthusiasm in that room when you know that you have the possibility of winning a designer purse. It's so much fun. We also have a chance drawing for Louis Vuitton purses. We have a surprise box where you can win Vahan bracelets from um, Jim's Jewelers. We have just a great, great experience uh, together, and it's a great Women's Night Out event. All so right. right now we're selling sponsorships. 
We're selling tables of 10, and we are selling our Louis Vuitton chance drawing tickets. So go online if you're interested in that at www.cacsmithcounty.org, and you can um, learn more about it. Uh huh. And while we're on that topic, don't forget you can donate anytime. There's a donation button on your website, donate money. You can also support the uh, uh, Rainbow Room wish list. So besides uh, the big Blingo Gala coming up in September, which you certainly do want to make a note of, there are other ways to donate. Volunteers, not using volunteers at the moment, just in case anybody was wondering, but plenty of ways to support the uh, Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County. Wanted to uh, just mention a couple of other things. First of of all, the uh, Texas Bar Foundation granted $22,000 to you recently to help provide a salary for a community education presenter. I'm sure that's real important, too. Yes, we're continuing to grow that area. So we're we're wanting to have more people in the schools um, making presentations for children. So. And uh, just kind of looking back over what's happened so far this year, you had a Women of Courage luncheon benefiting the Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County. And we've also just recently wrapped up, I guess it was in April, Child Abuse Awareness Month. If you can give us a thumbnail on how things went, how they helped you, how they helped build awareness of your uh, of your charge. Yes, uh, thank you. Because we don't have a open door policy for our secure site for obvious reasons a lot of people don't know about the cac many people ask well are you casa are you what are are you how do you help children do children live where you are at your center and you know a lot of people have questions about exactly what a cac is so we want to provide an opportunity for people to learn more and april awareness gives us that this women of courage was the kickoff to that because we um, have now a group of ambassador supporters some of our best friends who are helping um, to get the word out about what we do and that luncheon was the first step in doing that they invited friends to come and learn more about the CAC and um, throughout that month we did get a lot of people involved with us for the first time East Texas Giving Day was a part of that and yeah. some of the other things that we've done probably our biggest area of interest right now in helping us john honestly is the facility expansion uh-huh. we are about a million dollars away from our goal and we're trying to get there by the end of the year so i have people call all the time asking how can i be involved and we want people to feel like they can be a part of it so if you're interested in a naming opportunity in that building or if you would just like to help at whatever level you'd like to be you know involved in it we'd love to have you join us so you can give me a call um or you can uh, go on our website and reach out and that way and and we can visit all right and that website is cacsmithcounty.org phone number is 903-533-1880 and unfortunate though it may be deanna sims we are just about out of time but we have been visiting with deanna sims from the children's advocacy center of smith county and just want to thank you again for coming in and getting us up to date on everything you're doing you're welcome john thank you for having me you bet deanna sims children's advocacy center our guest this morning i'm john sims thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week on in focus